0: Welcome to Practice in Public, we're your hosts. I'm Mars the Pessimist. And I'm Casey the Optimist. We're in a relationship and have failed multiple times at many things. I'm interested in having difficult conversations about failure. And I'm interested in what happens
1: after you fail, stories of courage, and how mistakes can become lessons.
0: We want to embrace the tough stuff and talk to people about parenting fails, relationship fails, making friends in your mid-30s. I want to talk
1: to everyone about everything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> of Harvin from Kaya Cosmetica here with us today yep. um, who is my personal cosmetic doctor <laughs> um works wonders I just um, tag along
0: for all the science yes stuff. you <laughs> love it don't
1: you I think my first appointment when um you're explaining um so much of how everything works I was like oh I wish that Mars was here because her mind would just be blown at the science behind this so this thing. is a bit of an opportunity yeah we'll get mm-hmm. to the vein thing um, <laughs> <laughs> This is a bit of an opportunity for you to find out a little bit more about that, I think. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, firstly, can we get you to introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about your story and why you became a cosmetic doctor yeah. and yeah. why you opened your own clinic? And
0: we've been—I've been calling you Dr. Parvin, but I don't. Do you prefer a different um, name? I actually just prefer being called Parvin or Parvin, okay. PK. Yeah, PK. and then some
2: people like. The ring of Doctor PK. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think it's really cute. PK,
1: yeah, yeah. I like that. Doctor PK. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway,
2: um, so hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I started off my journey um, with a degree in biochem and molecular biology.
0: Cool. And <laughs>
2: uh, with the hopes of, you know, changing the world through uh, research and I dedicated my honours year to trying my hand at developing a vaccine against a particular bacteria called Shigella, mm-hmm. um, which within Australia afflicts a lot of, um, you know, Indigenous, the Indigenous um, population in Central Australia and it causes quite a life threatening uh, gastroenteritis or dysentery oh. wow. and primarily affecting babies um and they still haven't i mean this was about oh, quite a bit of time now mm. twenty years ago that wow. Did my honors project? Wow! <laughs> it's going to be revealing my age. Yeah, you do not um, look it. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's still in the process. But what I found during my honors year was, um, you know, kind of sitting in a lab, working in an isolated environment, um, doing repeated experiments again and again, um, and not having that much social contact wasn't necessarily mm. the way that I wanted to go. Yeah. And with a, um, a degree in science like that, really, in my head, there were just two options in terms of what I was going to do. Well, three options in terms of what I was going to do with it. <clears throat> One was research. And research, you know, I give credit to a lot of scientific researchers. It's mm-hmm. a long haul. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different pressures, even in terms of securing funding to do their research, yeah. and being adequately remunerated. And it's a long process to make tiny steps of progress, educating. So, you know, whether it be at a high school level, college level or university level, giving back that information and teaching. The other part would be working for a pharmaceutical company, which I definitely didn't (laughs) want to. (laughs) (laughs) That was just the three, I guess, options that I saw in my head at that point at the ripe age of 19, 20. (laughs) Um, so I thought that, you know, I really love uh, learning about the human body and anatomy and physiology and also, I guess, illness mm. and combining that with a want to help. Um, I then thought about doing medicine. So I was, gonna, I was thinking of doing neurology, but um, I think things shift a lot when you actually place yourself in those settings and adopt a lot of practical experience mm-hmm. yeah. um, and so in the end I actually was leaning towards obstetrics and gynecology mm-hmm. so I um, did a few terms of rotations in that obviously did emergency medicine pediatric medicine and um, started the journey on becoming an obstetrician but after a period of time whilst I love delivering babies and helping women through that critical phase in their life um the shift work and the pressure and the medical legal aspects of it just really scared me a lot Mm -hmm. in terms of what my future may have been like doing that every day for about 70 to 90 hours a week um yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot and you know you're working late shifts waking up at 2am in the morning all of a sudden with you know a lovely patient in labor and you're barely waking up and having to rush into theatre and do a caesarean section or a in one and you know just the margin of error is just yeah so narrow um so then I moved into general practice which I thought was um a fantastic um area of medicine because it enabled you to join on a journey Mm. with people in terms of improving their health over years because you
0: probably get a big picture of their health overall yeah that's
2: right um and that fit in with my personality a bit more in terms of um you know I really like my patients stories and who they were as people and appreciating that in the context of also helping them with their illnesses and afflictions um so developing that relationship over time was really rewarding Mm. and you know then looking after their children and you know and then looking after their parents and their grandparents and seeing the whole family um, yeah, it was a a really a great career choice, and also the variety. I was looking, you know, I was I kind of started to subspecialise in women's health and breast medicine and paediatric care, um, but you know, I would have a patient coming in with know different things like a heart attack (laughs) and then someone else coming in with you know depression and anxiety and then someone else coming in with a cough (laughs) yeah um and so over time I just found the areas that I navigated or gravitated towards which was um skin cancer dermatology but also women's health and and, um, pediatrics and in the end I think I started to get a little bit disillusioned about the system
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, again there's a lot of politics behind how medical care is delivered
0: yeah
2: and there's a lot of lack of resources and financial support i think for patients and also the system of general practice um, where you have Ten to fifteen minute appointments with patients. Yeah, really yeah. was. I was finding it quite frustrating in terms of being able to. You know, you couldn't really go beyond scratching the surface.
0: It's very clinical and not personal.
2: Yeah, when well, yeah. you attempt to, yeah. but you have this pressure of yeah. you know a full appointment book.
0: Yeah, in a yeah. day
2: and having to see everyone in, but also give your best and, yeah. and emotionally and you know personally it's quite draining yeah it would um, be
1: hard to be personal within 15 mm, minutes yeah. you know and give your best to every patient yes. knowing you've got that waiting list yes. you know and that
2: but know. also knowing that you've only got so much emotional energy yes yeah, yeah. yeah. For yeah. Um, and you know you're seeing I mean I was fairly lucky I was working in a private clinic so there wasn't as much pressure in terms of How many patients you needed to see, or what have you? Because there were some clinics where people are seeing 40 to 50 people in a day. Wow, I had about 20, 22, which is still quite a a bit, (laughs) yeah. Yeah,
1: I imagine you would be so drained at the end of those days,
2: yes, (laughs) in
1: in all aspects, (laughs) like physically, (laughs)
0: emotionally, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
2: most definitely. And then you know, you also kind of need to download to a certain extent, but um. But it was rewarding, though, and it was really hard in the end to walk away from that. Right. Um, yeah, it took me about a year, year and a half before I decided to do that. But mm-hmm. it was at the... Um, I mean, the main reason was I was getting burnt
0: out. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many people that happens to, though. Quite a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it must happen often.
2: <laughs> Again, doctors majority of doctors get into medicine to care and look after people um but you know people forget I'm not people I mean the system forgets that we are human beings you're also people (laughs) and
1: you can't care for people when you don't have anything left for yourself like it's just you got to fill your own cup so I understand why people transition out of it yeah yeah
2: um so I definitely think you know in time the system needs to change and I think it is changing slowly um yeah, that's a whole another. Yeah, that's a
0: whole talk. other yeah. <laughs>
2: um but I guess I've always had, you know, my downtime was always spent doing things that were creative. Um, I have a love for aesthetics and interior design and architecture <laughs> yeah, and you can tell by walking into <laughs> yeah. your clinic, it's so
1: beautiful. It yeah, just it, it feels is. like you're in like an amazing accommodation yeah. space, like you Thank know, you. luxury accommodation yeah, like or day a really spa really nice or, hotel. Like, Yeah, hotel
2: like, and <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that's why I wanted to create my, create my own space as well and develop my own business. I just want it to be an expression more of me and what I give to patients. Yeah. Um, you know, just creating a like a, a kind of personalized boutique service. Yeah, a, a warm, comfortable environment while still being professional but yeah, yeah. <laughs> still medical, but not sterile.
0: And, yeah, yeah, it doesn't you know, feel sterile at all.
2: Well,
1: you have succeeded yeah that, yeah. Thank like you. Yeah. above and beyond. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Every time I go in, I like, <laughs> I walk around and I'm like, I'm just going to take this in because it's so <laughs> nice in here. And, yeah, but it's also so professional as well. Thank
2: you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in terms of creating my own business as a woman, I just wanted to challenge myself. Mm, um, yeah. It's an area of life where I have no training in um, and, you know, I don't have a master's degree in business or any degree in business, really. So it's been just an experiment and, you know, fortunately it's worked out quite well. And, again, yeah. it's still building. It's only what's well, going to be three years old in May <clears throat> and there's been a lot of challenges in getting it to where yeah. um, it is, but well worth it. There's been a lot of personal growth. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah.
1: So what led you actually into like cosmetic
2: well what's the what's the proper word yeah (laughs) um, we don't
0: I don't know what to call it so tell us I I like
2: to call it the world of aesthetics aesthetics. Um, I guess with cosmetic medicine there's different aspects to it there's the surgical side of it Mm -hmm. and the non-surgical which is the area that I would fall into um but i I mean you know, in different areas that I worked in, so at women's Health, at Gene House Foundation and working in the breast clinic at Epworth Hospital, and the different general practice clinics that I worked in, um I guess women always had questions in regards to obviously I was helping them with their physical health, um but there's always the interplay with emotional health and and also mm. um I guess how we express ourselves, yeah. Um, given that I was someone that uh, my patients could trust they wanted to explore the world of cosmetic surgery and would ask me questions in terms of you know just trying to get a bit of basic information about uh, you know what treatments could help particular concerns that they had Um, and I had an interest in it as well personally Um, my first experience was when I went to see a fantastic plastic surgeon for a particular skin lesion that I had um, on my face which needed lasering off um, he also um, mentioned that I was looking a bit tired which I was feeling and I thought I was just tired because I was tired <laughs> yeah. and you know what I saw in the mirror reflected I guess the fact that I was feeling tired <laughs> um, And he just very gently suggested (laughs) (laughs) that he could help with that. So um, I ended up getting fillers um, under the eye area. Um, My background is Indian and genetically we tend to have quite a bit of volume deficit in what we call the Mm. tear trough area, which is under the eye
0: i is just getting very excited right now. <laughs>
2: um, and, you know, it's it's hollowness that we see um, even in our teen years, early 20s, etc. cetera. Wow, really? Yep, so it is not something that's subjective. It is actually an objective I'm issue. Part <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I'm part Indian. I could see you. I'm again. part everything, yep. but now I'm like,
0: I need to make a chart. <laughs>
2: Um, and yeah sure enough when I had the treatment within I kid you not within a few minutes everything just looked better and (laughs) and then I just and again it was conservative it wasn't anything drastic Mm. Um, and it looked absolutely natural again it was just filling an an objective volume deficit that I had and immediately I just felt so much better I didn't look as tired yeah and again you know we'll talk about this a bit later but it ties in in terms of what you see in the mirror and how that then has an effect on your emotions and how you're feeling yeah yeah so that was my first experience (laughs) my second experience was um, I kept getting comments that I was looking very stressed and tense and serious even though at times I wasn't (laughs) Um, and that was uh, as a result of a very strong frown that I had Um, You know, I tend to read a lot and concentrate a lot and it kind of runs in my family. My dear darling mother has a very, very strong frown and and over time that, you know, kind of translates into a little bit more of a serious, stern look Mm -hmm. and I found that that was very um, discordant to how I actually am as a person. I mean, I do have my serious side, but, you know, I like a bit of humour and I like to connect with people and just be as light as we can be. Um, and then I discovered that I could treat that um, and, and soften the lines, and that made a big difference. Mm. And it also helped from a medical point of view in terms of relieving tension and headaches and migraines that I was getting from overuse right, of my yeah. frown and forehead muscles. Yeah.
1: This was the bit that blew my mind when I came <laughs> yes. to see you because I had the same feeling with having that that very like deep furrowed brow. Mm. Um, And I'd sort of thought about it. I could see it coming about and I thought about it for about five years because I was not sure as to whether it was having been in the modelling industry that made me go, oh, I don't want wrinkles on my face Mm. or whether it was just something inside myself. And so I thought, I'll just sit on this and see how I feel after about five years. (laughs) I don't know. I just had this magical number in my head that I was like, you know, if I'm still worried about it, if it's still bothering me in five years, well, then I'll go and, you know, see if I can get something done. Mm. Um, And so then when I came to speak to you and I have had, you know, issues with migraines, um, You know, and they'd only sort of come about in like, you know, I don't know, the last sort of eight years or something like that. And then when you told me that it can affect depression, which I also suffered from, migraines and things, I was just like, oh, that makes so much sense Mm. now. But, you know, I had never connected the two. So, I don't think most people do
2: though. Yeah. Mm, I am. Yeah, I think sometimes... People underestimate the medical benefits Mm -hmm. of um, cosmetic work when it's done responsibly Um, and in a conservative manner, I feel. Um, So in terms of the frown and the effects on mood and depression, there have been a few studies that have come out, and you may have seen that in different forms by the media, where there's this theory called the uh, facial feedback hypotheses, where the idea that not only do emotions create facial expressions, but facial expressions also creates emotion. (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) Mind blown. Oh, my God. Is that why this has brought a whole new aspect to people on the street telling me to smile? (laughs) Most of the time, I want to be like "fuck you," (laughs) and I'm like, "damn it, are they right?" (laughs) And yeah,
2: that's the whole other level in terms of you know our expressions that we may or may not be aware of, and and how that affects outwardly in terms of how people communicate with us and respond to us too. Yeah, (laughs) the
0: brain. So many things, psychology. Anyway,
2: yeah, and and I'm not. You know, I mean, the type of work that I do, I aim to you know, create a natural look. I do not believe that I can reverse aging, and that's not my aim anyway. Mm. I just, you know, think that we can take the edge off. And so, with the studies that have been done with treating frowns, um, I've got stats here. Pretty much, they've noted that a single treatment over six weeks where you get anti wrinkle injections to the frown. Was powerful enough to drop the symptoms of depression by forty seven percent. That's amazing. What Compared to the placebo um, of, they saw an effect of twenty one percent. So the placebo group included people who were <clears throat> had injections as well, but they weren't injections of the botulinum toxin. They actually just had saline, which mm-hmm. is salt water. Yep. Um, and they did have an improvement, so I think that there is a placebo effect, but the comparison
0: was quite significant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, was it 47%? Mm -hmm. Compared to 21%. Yeah. Um,
2: So I think definitely frowning affects the way people feel about themselves when they look in the mirror, and as I mentioned before, also you know, the way people respond to you. Yeah. I mean, I've had many a time when people have asked me if I'm okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and <it. laughs> and I can feel like I've got a lot of tension and I'm frowning and I'm being a bit serious. And, you know, it's great that people, you know, obviously show me concern. But I think on the flip side, that can also put people off if you're meeting them for mm. the first time. Um, I had one patient who worked in risk management. And just to simplify, she had to break... Quite a bit of bad news <laughs> to her clients at times. And she already found that um, she was, you know, just at the beginning of the conversation or even before she started speaking, people were already finding her quite unapproachable and were already expecting that she was going to deliver bad news. Right. Wow. And she then realised that part of why that was happening was she had a very, very strong frown and, and came across looking quite stern when her personality was definitely not really? in concordant with that. Yeah. Um and I was fortunate enough to see her and we, you know, just treated the frown and yep, her work was a lot easier. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible.
0: Wow. Mm. I just want to go around looking at people's faces. Yes. Us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first saw you, you mm. said the way that you look at people's faces now will be different because you have so much more understanding as to how we how mm. we age and everything. But yeah, we've we've completely digressed. I know, I know. So, <laughs> okay, go on. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that it happens Let's go back. So, in terms of like we were up to talking about why you ended up creating Kaya Cosmetica and, oh, and why you tried to go into the industry of aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on
2: there? So, I mean, especially when I was working in general practice, you know, I would have a lot of people coming in with various problems, which I was trying to help and help alleviate. And it was quite diverse. But the majority of it as well was a lot to do with how people were feeling about themselves mm. and their confidence to navigate themselves through life and, um, and then also, you know, just feeling tired or looking tired and, and life was kind of wearing them down a little bit. And I used to spend, and I still do, I do this as part of my aesthetic practice, spend a lot of time looking at it from a holistic point of view
1: yeah.
2: where, you know, simple things like paying attention to stress management, and it's easy for us to throw these words out there, but yeah. it's very hard to do. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. it is. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Just manage your stress. Yeah. Um, you know, nutrition, self-care, yeah. getting enough sleep, <sighs> um, saying no to people, oh, <laughs> reducing responsibilities.
0: I feel like I'm in therapy, <laughs> all the things I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Getting a little bit more work-life
2: balance. Yeah. You know, again, it's just so <laughs> easy to say. Um, but also, you know, addressing things about people's physicality that was holding them back from engaging in life, mm. you know. Um, you know, whether it be I guess they were unhappy with their fitness or – unhappy with um you know weight unhappy with acne Mm. scarring um you know I'd have some it's a very simple situation and even even for myself I found I had really bad acne when I was younger and so I have a you know a personal sort of connection with helping patients through their journey with managing acne because it mm-hmm. usually starts to afflict us when we're in our teen years mm-hmm. when we're most self-conscious yep. as well
0: it's great timing yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but you know if it's left untreated especially if it's quite severe it can they permanent scarring mm. and you know I've had patients who weren't adequately managed and they did develop quite a bit of scarring and avoid being in conditions where there was a lot of lighting because that would highlight their scars, which they felt made them look a lot more, I guess, mm, I don't know what the right word is, harsh or stern, you know, depending, and I'm talking about quite severe scars, or, um, you know, women who had hormonal pigmentation like melasma, which Mm. can be quite severe um, where, you know, this can be exacerbated during pregnancy, breastfeeding, Um, Even with using the oral contraceptive to the point where, you know, they would develop very, very dark patches around their eyes, which Mm -hmm. wasn't able to be concealed with makeup. And, you know, that just affected the way they felt about themselves. So um, that was then something that I wanted to, you know, help patients with. Yeah. And even from my personal experiences with having quite bad acne. And so I did a lot more research in terms of understanding skin health, the gut-skin connection. Um, obviously, as a doctor, I have a lot of means to help with you know, prescribing things, most definitely, from a medical point of view and instituting medical management. But again, I think holistic care, um, looking at hydration, <laughs> looking at simple practical tips um, with self-care, nutrition, uh, gut health, and even just simple skin care mm-hmm. can, can help a lot.
0: Yeah. And
2: then I have the other side of where, you know, um, treating with injectables uh, using lasers again to help with skin conditions but there are a lot of medical conditions that we treat in the aesthetic space so as I mentioned skin conditions like acne melasma Um, there's also excessive sweating which is called hyperhidrosis and you can actually use botulinum toxin to shrink the sweat glands so we don't sweat as well, much. And, you know, well, and I'm not talking about mild sweating I'm talking about people who actually get quite disabled by it. Yeah, they're going yeah. to job interviews and they've got sweat patches under their arms and, yeah. and around the hairline and they're just very self-conscious. Yeah. Um, and it uh, throws them off, I guess, um, feeling confident. Not,
0: yeah,
1: they're not as able to present their best self yeah, in that. Yeah. It yeah. probably
0: affects... I'd imagine it's not – it doesn't look great if someone shows up to a job interview sweating profusely already.
2: Well, in a sense, it can project lack of confidence. Yes. It looks right, yes. I mean,
0: they look look nervous coming in. I'd go, I don't want to give the job to this person. They look scared. Yeah,
2: so – and then other conditions include – bruxism so teeth grinding um mm, you know. which i have yeah
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> i've actually been doing some teeth grinding pastures.
1: yeah i've noticed at night lately more so
0: clenching
1: my, yeah. my jaw and then i wake oh, up and i'm like my jaw is so like so sore yes. aching you know and i tend to get migraines more mm-hmm. from doing that and it tends to be when i overwhelm myself with stress and things mm. like that as yeah. well
0: yeah. Um,
1: but yeah when you told me that that was an option for me to actually like use an injectable to I, I'll get you to explain
2: because <laughs> yes. I won't do a good job <laughs> well for some people um again you know they one needs a physical examination mm-hmm. to make sure that this mu- particular muscle that we treat is causing the problem yeah. majority of the instances it is um the, one of the main muscles that's involved with clenching and chewing is the masseter muscle and when that muscle builds up over time as a result of us using it, which happens from clenching <laughs> as a result of stress, or subconsciously we're grinding at night, um, that muscle increases in bulk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like going to the gym and doing lifting a bit of weights to yeah. you know build your biceps. It's the same thing with the masseter muscle. Yeah. And as it builds up, there's more force that it inflicts um, on the jaw and the jaw joint and develops a lot more tension so that's what translates into pain mm-hmm. your dentist may also comment that you're wearing away the surface of your teeth yeah. by yeah. grinding too yeah and we, they we usually recommend. The yeah. <laughs> 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 thanks for the reminder <laughs> and they usually recommend a dental splint, which mm-hmm. i think is quite important as part of the treatment again looking at the holistic approach or the complete approach um, but Actually, treating that muscle with botulinum toxin um, causes that muscle to partially atrophy and so reduce in size. Yeah. And that then reduces the force that it inflicts and in the tension and the pain. So, it's what you essentially note. It does take about four to six weeks to take effect, but you'll have less tension in your jaw, in your neck, less headaches, um, ideally, no jaw clicking at the end of it. <sighs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> I get jaw clicking when I'm eating, and it's
0: so annoying. I do it sometimes when I say words with C in it, like oh, can. Yes. I, I mean, there like, can be other factors. Well, yeah. I'm sure I <laughs> yeah, I should but, um, probably go to a
2: doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, when I do a physical examination, um, I actually will then place my fingers over the masseter muscle and get someone to clench. And the indication for treatment comes when I can actually feel the muscle pop or it's contracting. Mm. Um, so that's from the medical side of things. And then some people actually get the treatment done if they've got, again, a bulky muscle from a cosmetic point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with a I guess a female aesthetic, we do not want so much of a square jawline. Um, and having a large masseter contributes to that yeah. so reducing the bulk of it will actually slim the jawline and create more kind of like that heart shaped face that we aim for for a female aesthetic yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and the other interesting thing is um treating people with facial palsies so um it's a common it's not common but the most common condition I see within this category are people who've had um, facial palsies as a result of getting an infection <clears throat> from a virus right. um, like shingles and oh, it affects their facial right. nerve and it's usually one-sided and a proportion of people can actually have a dysfunction where the, the muscles don't contract as well as they used to and it can be permanent too. Mm-hmm.
0: So they look visibly different from one side of their face to the other. I think I actually have a friend who had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it looked like she, one side of her face was drooping. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two ways that, again, every face has to be individually
2: assessed, but you can relieve the opposing muscles on the side of the face that is affected um, to improve the appearance or you can treat the unaffected side to kind of balance. Right. Yeah. And then, again, you know, a lot of people who have, again, there's there's different severities of it, but it makes them quite self-conscious and they're not necessarily able to express
0: themselves normally as well. So, yeah. quite Mm. powerful. Yes. Not being able to express yourself.
2: Yeah. And and so, yeah, the other side of that, I guess, is this is where my approach is I – I don't like to freeze faces yeah. <laughs> I think it's really important to be able to express yeah um and you know especially we, we see there's been a lot of media coverage and you see a lot of celebrities and newsreaders and people who can't fully express and I I, I don't think that that's necessarily the solution mm-hmm. to improving someone's aesthetic um or you know delaying the aging process I think it's important to take into consideration that we've evolved to have these muscles for a particular reason yeah, yeah. and they have a function. Yeah. Um, it, it's just kind of tweaking things a little bit to take the edge off but still creating a natural look.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also, I mean, from the other side of it, I feel like I was expressing myself when I didn't want to be. Of <laughs> yes. So, you know, I had this stern look all yeah. the time and even when I would look in the mirror, I would feel upset and angry about mm. the way that I looked because yeah. you know I had been through a very stressful period and I felt like you know I had it aged very quickly yeah. and it had, it was weighing on me and you know I, I kind of felt a bit resentful of that you know time <laughs> in my life that it had you know aged me in that mm. way um, because I obviously was frowning a lot um, you know and sort of I guess exacerbating um, that so you know and you know, there's part of me for that five years where I was kind of thinking about, you know, should I, you know, be looking at Botox that was like, oh, you shouldn't care about what you think, you know, it doesn't matter. And, you what know, other people think. but at the end of the day I did, you know, yeah. and it was, yeah, and we shouldn't care about what other people um you know would think of me but I cared you know and when I looked in the mirror you know I I was unhappy with you know I, I felt a certain way inside and yet that's not what it was being reflected back to me in the mm. mirror you know so at the end of the day I chose to do it for myself not for anyone else um although you know there must be some I guess a partial factor in there that you know I didn't want to be you know looking like I was angry when I wasn't um mm. but you know, I, I did want to just not care about what people thought mm. and what I thought about how I looked, but I did, you know, and I do love aesthetics. I I love I collect beautiful things, you know. I love to play with makeup, you know. I love to dress up. It's something that, you know, I find joy in, you know, so this was just another thing for me where, you know, I, I enjoy my face so much more <laughs> after seeing you, you know, oh, you. and it is, you know, it's something I think, you know having been you know in the modeling industry I loved having a blank canvas from which to you know walk into a job with with clean hair and face and then have them transform me I love Mm. that transformational (laughs) process and it felt to me like I wasn't able to achieve that myself with you know the deep set wrinkles that I was you know seeing reflected back to me so yeah, and how do, how do you feel about that, that whole mm. idea of like, well, we shouldn't care what other people think and we shouldn't care what, you know, we look like on the outside?
2: Um, I mean, look, I think we live in a social environment. Mm. None of us are isolated and we're interacting with people on different levels and, you know, at different times of the day and then we're also interacting with ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Um, and through evolution, I mean, we're visual creatures, um, People argue that there's differences in gender with that, but I think we all are visual creatures. That's how we interact with each other. It's a form of communication Um, and we pick up on a lot of nonverbal cues from each other. Um, I think that we actually develop an impression of someone even before we've started talking with them. I mean, studies have shown that we do that in a tenth of a second. Wow. Just by the visual input that we get. From someone else, and yeah. again, from an evolutionary point of view, it served as well because mm. we would need to really be able to identify someone who was going to hurt us, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and then get away from, and those that are more trustworthy were going to help us. Um, so that's biologically coded within us, yeah. and and that yeah, in day to day does affect the way we interact with people. I mean, mm. they've done a lot of studies um, looking at particular facial shapes, particular expressions, um, and and how people attribute personality characteristics to people Mm. based on their physical attributes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and and one that has been shown is, you know, people who, again, this is a little bit subjective, but it is objective as well. Um, People who are deemed to have more attractive faces have been attributed with personalities that are more extroverted Mm -hmm. and are seen as more successful. and easygoing (laughs) you know which isn't necessarily the truth from a personality point of view but these are I mean judgments is a harsh word but these are the subconscious interpretations that we are making Mm -hmm. all
0: the time oh I like that subconscious interpretations yeah so much better than saying judgment yeah
1: (laughs) and that was one aspect as well that i guess i kind of convinced myself that it was okay for me to do this because i do see online and i shouldn't have to convince myself and justify to myself that it's okay for me to go and have cosmetic procedures done but i see so much shaming of women and the choices that they make online and Mm. you know i feel like you know I, I don't think that anybody should go and do anything unless it's right for them. So, you know, I, I agree. just, I yeah. feel like, mm-hmm. you know, and something I want to portray is, you know, I guess celebrating and encouraging women particularly to do what's right for them, mm-hmm. to make informed choices, um, you know, and then for everybody else to you know, just respect that that. basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was this, I I have seen, and I've been scared to kind of come out as somebody who's had Botox, you know, because I have seen the judgment from other women, um, you know, shaming people for for having gone and done it. Um, and that, I guess that's one kind of thing I want to break down that, you know, I chose for me, I made that choice for me, um, Mm. and I'm comfortable with it. Um, still working through that obviously (laughs) but um you know I hope that by me you know being out about it um is going to help other people feel
0: okay that they've made that choice for themselves and not feel ashamed well I think also you and I had some conversations about it where I was like I don't like I couldn't understand why you wanted to get it done I was like but I love your wrinkles yeah and And I was like like, I I don't." don't and I was like it took me a while to get to the place where I was like oh right okay like the way that you look to you is going yeah. to affect the way that you feel yeah and I think that probably just indicates that I'm happy to look miserable happy to feel <laughs> miserable. because <laughs> I'm just used to that like yeah. that's you know my personality is like yeah it's and that's su- okay stuff sucks <laughs> and like yeah. I might look tired and yeah. I'm just going to keep going but like that that wasn't okay for you
1: yeah and you have a piercing in your nose and you have tattoos and i love them yeah but i don't personally want them for myself i don't feel like it would suit me even though i've toyed with the idea of getting them and i may down the track choose to do that but for me wearing makeup and, you know, mm. wearing certain clothes and smoothing out the wrinkles <laughs> on my face and getting my skin looking its best. Mm. And my body, I love to work out and stuff like that. I love the process of transformation and the way, the control I suppose that I can have over my own body. It's empowering for me. I think mm. it's
2: empowering to have self-expression yeah. and whatever that is for you is very individual. Yeah, and you summed that up so <laughs> <if you don't laughs> Cut the last fifteen minutes out. Yeah. The most rambling. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, again, when I meet a person for the first time, I mean, this is why I tend to have one-hour consults with my patients before I do any treatments whatsoever. Mm. I think it's really important to be able to see what they are seeing. Yeah. Um, and I'll always get someone to express to me what you know, what they're expecting and what actually brought them to my space to see me and to get information from me about. Um, I think that as a doctor we're here to do no harm and in the industry there are a lot of people doing great work and there are examples where people are overtreated and mm-hmm. there are examples of where, you know, an absolutely beautiful individual has... Gone too far. (laughs) it might be, you know, the right—I don't know if it's the right term to use—and you know, for me, I have no problem saying no to patients. I'm not here to take away from their beauty. I'm not here to make a quick buck. For me, this is a journey over time to help people empower themselves and to feel better about themselves. I mean, I know for myself, you know, I look in the mirror and the years keep rolling. I'm in my forties, which you know, I embrace. Being older and having all this experience and wisdom mm-hmm. I would not trade it for anything but when I look in the mirror or did because I've had a few treatments but <laughs> not too many but a few, um, you know what was reflecting was someone who didn't feel like they were in their 20s or 30s yeah. um, and again you know it was issues to do with my skin and scarring and pigmentation and some deep lines and um, you know and I spent a lot of time with my mental energy fixated, yeah. Oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. it took me away from being productive in any other way. Like you yeah. know, just being free, just feeling relaxed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you also worked really. I mean, you've been studying for so much of your adult life. That's if we all lived free in the forest and didn't have to have jobs. <laughs> yeah, we'd probably have less wrinkles and have yeah. less stress. But that's <laughs> not really the reality that we live in. <laughs> So, yeah, you're going to end up with, you know, a few things here and there as you get older. Yeah,
2: and I just felt refreshed. I felt happier. I felt relaxed. Um, My mental energy was free to, you know, being more productive in other areas of life. But, again, as I said, it's just about doing responsibly. So as part of, you know, my new patient form, I've got a few covert questions in there Ah. which are really important um, for me in terms of revealing what someone's motivations are, And whether there may be any underlying psychological issues like body dysmorphia. Yeah, that's um, important. Where then personally I feel, you know, having cosmetic work isn't necessarily the best treatment Mm -hmm. to help them to better themselves and to feel better about themselves. Yeah. Um, And this may not be a popular opinion, but (laughs) I will sit down and, you know, talk to them about at least starting off to perhaps you know, be open to seeing the psychologist or, you know, uh, working yeah. on other aspects of their life that I feel will provide them with more rewards in terms of helping them to feel better.
0: Yeah. Do people, um, uh, we don't need specifics, do people seem shocked when they're like, but I just came to you to get <laughs> some stuff stuck in my face and now you're talking about <laughs> psychology?
2: Um, the majority of people are actually quite thankful because mm. I think it's how you... It's all about caring for someone yeah. and it's how you direct that conversation in yeah. your manner and creating a comfortable space yeah. and for them to develop that trust in knowing that you're wanting the best for them. Yeah.
1: Are there any other dangers in your industry, things that you have to, I mean, you know, body dysmorphia would be something that you would have to watch out for and be very careful around. Is
2: there anything else? Do you mean from a psychological or a physical? Both. <laughs> um, yeah i mean i think in terms of the th- there are always risks with any medical procedures mm-hmm. and i think again you know it's important to identify all those risks whenever anyone's coming in to discuss a wanting treatment treatment um so i've got a very detailed consent form that i go through with everyone uh, before we do any treatments and And it's also about putting it into perspective. Um, As an example, um, you know, just treating the nasal area. Some people want to have a little bit more definition um, of their nose and that can be achieved by using dermal fillers, for example. But it's also a very risky area for necrosis. And for me, I, I mean, you know, I'm in this space to help people and I... Have to have a discussion with them in terms of whether the benefit outweighs the risk. Okay. (laughs) The majority of the time, it doesn't. Um, Necrosis is where inadvertently, no one aims to do this, but you can actually inject dermal filler into a blood vessel and obstruct it. Wow. And so the tissue that the blood supply, uh, the blood vessel supplies, is impaired. And so then the tissue effectively dies. Okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> no, nope, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah,
2: you know, and so there are risks. Yeah. Um, we also had um, the very first case of blindness um, in Sydney last year, which is, you know, shocked all of us. And it is a, it's a very, very rare risk, but it is a risk of having these injectable treatments with dermal filler in particular parts of the face. Mm. And so, again, it's really important for you... You know, if you are considering getting any treatments done to do your research and to have a consultation with practitioners and find the one that you feel most confidence with um, and are aware of their training and their expertise and skill. And also the other part is follow-up and post-treatment care. I've had patients coming to me where they have had an unwanted outcome with their treatments, Mm -hmm. and the, the care that they have been given in terms of follow-up was next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not heard. They were not offered an appointment to sit down and, and have that discussed. Um, and, yeah, it affected them quite badly. So <clears throat> we do a lot of, um I do a lot of revision, <laughs> dissolving a lot of treatments or, um i've got actually a patient later on this afternoon who's coming in because she was very unhappy with her lip filler which you know happens quite a bit and wanting it dissolved i think it's really important to also have a similar aesthetic to the person who you're Mm. seeking treatment from yeah that was definitely one reason because (laughs) the person
1: that um recommended me to come and see you um particularly said that you had a very natural aesthetic um, and because you know you had proper qualifications and everything she felt comfortable Um, and that just I guess made it a little bit easier for me to just come in and find out more um, and then knowing, talking to you more and knowing that you, you only wanted to give a natural look just made me feel so much more relieved um, and confident about going
2: forward. Again, yeah. I think everyone's got their own beauty, you know, and it's just about helping to take the edge off and yeah. <laughs> enhance yeah. that. I don't want to change faces. I don't think that for me that's the aesthetic or the approach that I'm looking for yeah. uh, in helping people.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I guess we want to go back to what kind of clients do you have and, yeah, sort of age Mm -hmm. ranges. Yeah, do they range?
2: So the patients that I see at Kaya Cosmetica um, come from all walks of life, actually. Um, So in terms of age, I've got people... Um, patients in their late teens early 20s all the way to 80s and I find so with the younger population it's more so in regards to skin concerns um, as like acne as I mentioned before and then we've got um, some patients who come in uh, for aging concerns and that usually is around Mm mid-30s 40s um, and then all the way to the 80s, I've got one patient who's in her 80s and she's dating, which oh. just gives me so yes. much hope. <laughs>
1: oh, I wish there was a way that I could meet this woman. <laughs> oh,
2: I love that. That's and, amazing. And she's absolutely gorgeous. And, yeah. you know, and she comes in and she carries a handbag on yeah, her wrist. Of course. And, you know, she's just oh immaculately dressed and she's the nicest person ever and she's got a little curl. A well little purple cute. tea into oh, <laughs> I love um, her already. <laughs> a yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, doesn't really get much done, which is good. Yeah. Um, just, you know, soften some lines here and there and it makes yeah. her so happy. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, and, you know, she's also commented how, you know, in this time of age, as a woman, for her, having gone through the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know, she feels like she feels a lot more empowered and less stigmatised about wanting to put herself first Oh and looking after oh her
1: <laughs> Get the tissues. Oh, God. Oh.
0: Oh. So easily pulled That must just be
1: like one I of your biggest it. moments in yeah. your know, planning to actually hear that. <laughs> wow, that's she amazing. must have some stories. It just warms my heart.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. So I'm very blessed yeah. to be in the space that I'm at because – you know, I get an insight into people's lives and who they are, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Do you see many men? Yes. <laughs> what well, sure. is there a percentage? Like, um, a, I would probably say, I think I have a reasonable percentage, probably mm-hmm. hmm, it's hard, fifteen to twenty percent mm-hmm. men uh, to women, and again, um, younger boys with skin concerns, yeah. um, like acne, is the main thing, and. Also, I remove cosmetic skin lesions. So yeah. I have male um, patients coming in for you know uh, skin coloured mole removals, etc. And then uh, as I mentioned before, treating the tear trough, so the under-eye area looking quite hollow and reducing oh. the appearance of eye bags. Um, I have quite a few men who are in positions of leadership. Okay. CEOs and directors, even actors, um, models, etc. So how they um, present themselves is very important. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's not about over-treating and yeah. stopping all expression. Yeah. It's just about creating the aesthetic yes. that they want to express. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: that
2: makes complete sense. Um, I have women who are from all walks of life in terms of careers. <laughs> I've got mums. Um, I've got brides-to-be, just a whole range of people. Mm -hmm. And, again, the majority of them come to see me just more so for a natural look and more so for a personalised um, individual experience. I do everything at my clinic in terms of my own treatments. I'm a staff of one. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) one-woman show, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know, they, they like that fact that I am looking after them
0: on a one-to-one basis yeah yeah well I'm sure it feels very personable Mm -hmm. because I mean an hour of consultation I don't think I've ever been to a doctor who spent an hour with me just Mm. for the first appointment
2: I find it rewarding Mm. because for me that's what uh, energizes me to do what I do it's you know life is all about connections with people Mm. really Mm. and and for me that's the beauty in what I do I just love meeting people and connecting with them and proving things however yeah. I can sometimes yeah. they are therapy sessions <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's okay yeah <laughs> um you know I, I truly believe that people come into your lives for different reasons and everyone touches you in some way metaphorically so yeah um you know you yeah. can always learn from all the interactions that we have from people
1: yeah yeah definitely um what reasons do people give you for coming in we've touched on this a
2: little bit but mm. you know are there how do they vary um again from a medical point of view they have medical concerns mm-hmm. so um, pain uh, tension headaches and then dermatological conditions acne psoriasis eczema pigmentation melasma um and then anti-aging concerns um they look tired they feel tired <laughs> yeah <clears throat> or they look angry mm-hmm. um those are the main things or People also want prevention to yeah. some extent. Um, and again, that's where skincare comes into play for me. Mm-hmm. And nutrition. And education. Yeah. There's a lot out in the media and it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So they just want a simplified approach of what works yep, and yep. what doesn't.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. I Ooh. wish I'd
2: met you so
1: much longer ago. <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm. Like twenty years. when i was starting you know i was i was pretty good back then though i was like using a lot of you know great skincare and Mm. having facials and things like that and really looking after myself my self-care was like top-notch but you know i
0: have never taken care of my skin like i've splashed water on my face you take
1: care of yourself in other ways though i do i do but i've never watching tv
2: yeah
0: yeah (laughs) but But you also
2: don't have objectively any mm -hmm. skin
0: sense if you know yeah. what i mean yeah not really you know, so you're lucky yeah mm. i mean you would probably say that my my skin does not like to let go of blackheads cuz no. you try to squeeze them out and just like, don't <laughs> <having> that <laughs> Do we like stop squeezing her
2: skin <laughs>
0: yeah but, but I, they I, won't come out anyway so <laughs> it
2: doesn't really matter the one mm. thing that happens when we have more melanin in our skin mm. so with color is as we age the effects of sun damage i mean The melanin is upregulated with sun exposure. From a protective point of view, it's a protective mechanism to protect us from the harmful, you know, effects of sun. But it manifests itself in pigmentation, and so over time, that pigmentation becomes more pronounced and more varied. The skin tone is more varied, and that then makes us look a little bit more tired, aged, etc. So, I think it's less so you know, deep lines, but more so skin health and skin clarity and making it shine. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so you were in obstetrics. I have had a burning (laughs) question about this for such a long time. Did you watch Offspring? And yes. if so, how did it differ? <laughs> I've always wanted to ask an obstetrician, what's it really like in comparison to Offspring?
2: Because I well, love that show. I'm not an obstetrician, but obviously you did obstetric terms. You did not the, have that much free time on your hands. I was going to
0: say, <laughs>
2: the shows always make yeah. it seem
0: like those doctors had time for affairs and uh, yeah, no, sleeping no. In, in closets and
2: And really you're in scrubs the majority of the time (laughs) and you're not going to have your hair done. You're not going to show up and work. Unless you're consulting patients only, but that very rarely happens. Um, The location for that is actually the Epworth Freemasons Hospital Mm. in um, East Melbourne. Yeah, it's one of the hospitals I've worked at. And, I mean, it's a great hospital, (laughs) but it's definitely... um, not like that in real life. And she seems to have the answers for everything. <laughs> okay. Which is definitely not like real life. <laughs> yeah, no. yep. yeah.
1: You would probably say, I'll have to get back to you on that <laughs> a bit more often.
2: And also when, you know, I think we're very fortunate as doctors to work in a great team with midwives and nurses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we're mainly more so involved when things aren't going well. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so the majority of our experiences are more traumatic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so offspring it's it's, it's uh, makes it all look very yeah. So, yeah yeah
1: <laughs> thank you You're thank welcome. you for clearing <laughs> that up for me <laughs> you got i mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah i had a feeling but um yeah. Yeah. still love the show yeah, she's got a great house <laughs> oh yeah her house is amazing back to the aesthetics yes that's <laughs> right yeah, yeah. It. owls or... oh she was obsessed with owls oh, yeah yes, that's
2: right that's yeah
1: yeah but she had a lot of plants and lots of
0: light oh, it was very and... melbourne yeah very I mean, melbourne
2: industrial warehouse
0: yeah that was like one of the first shows you made me watch yeah and secret life of us so, yeah what is this country <laughs> <laughs> and round the twist and round the twist yeah. yeah you loved that one though. i did yeah it was weird yeah they live in a lighthouse.
1: <laughs> yeah all right is that it? that's it so. thank you yeah. so much thank you, guys. Thank you. we really yeah.
0: appreciate you talking to us yeah. Yeah, i love this energy sharing your journey and then yeah i think um you want people to follow you oh, on yes. social media? what <laughs> are all your, handles? all your handles okay
2: so in reality people this is one area that i'm <laughs> trying to master <laughs> I'm, I'm not the greatest at social media um but i do have an instagram page which is kaya cosmetica and there is also dr pk underscore melb m-e-l-b that is my um personal doctor page but again i will be working on that (laughs) over the Mm -hmm. next
0: um year or so great fantastic and they can um, always find you as well through our um our instagram yes in public or the courage project um, and then i've got the
2: web page for my clinic yes is www.kayacosmetica.com.au um, I also work at um, the Victorian Cosmetic Institute in Templestowe for Dr. Gavin Chan. He is a guru in the industry and has taught me all that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. Well, thank you. Fantastic. Everyone listen and subscribe. <laughs>